Welcome to this next episode in this series on recovery issues. Um, today's topic will be abstinence versus sobriety. Um, welcome to all of you. I am Dr. Ken Buckle. Uh, I'm a clinical psychologist uh, and executive director at Grazia Plena. Happy to be with you again today for this series. I want to apologize for missing uh, putting out new content the last uh, week or two. Um, in August, I was in the hospital for a few days, but I'm recovering well, thanks be to God, and hoping to get back on track. Uh, my aim each week is to release a new episode on Thursday evening or uh, sometime on Friday, Saturday at the very latest, so that you might be able uh, to have time on the weekend uh, to watch the video on YouTube, Grazia Plana Dr. Ken uh, channel, um, or to listen on podcast. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, so each time uh, we get together, I like to um, invoke the Holy Spirit at the beginning of our meeting. Um, because the Holy Spirit is the one that makes the breakthroughs in our healing. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to understand things. Um, we, we can't accomplish anything, any spiritual growth, any psychological healing without the great power of the Holy Spirit. And so I like to begin each episode by uh, a little prayer. If you're watching on the video, you may pray this prayer with me. If you're just uh, listening on the podcast, you can follow along. Before we do the prayer, um, we begin with a brief period of stillness and quiet. Um, this is to help us focus our attention on this brief uh, message today, uh, to be open to it, uh, to clear out the distractions of the world. We have so many stressors and distractions. We have COVID and politics and all of our duties and responsibilities, uh, but we want to just take a few minutes this morning to focus on this content. And so, um, uh, having a brief period of stillness and quiet allows us to clear the space for that, the space in our heart um, and in our mind and our spirit. And so let's have a brief period of stillness and quiet. So let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this session in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and your healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth, and fill us with a deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, this, this content is um, duplicated uh, with audio video on YouTube, Grazia Plana Dr. Ken, um, or on podcasts called Encounter with Dr. Ken. You can find these podcasts that's just audio only. You can find them on these uh, platforms, Anchor, 
Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio, Public, and Spotify. Um, and so if you just want to listen to the podcast as you're doing something around the house or driving to work, um, you can try the, the podcast format. If you like the videos, you can more easily stop and take notes. You're welcome to do that. And, and the videos also show uh, a few PowerPoint slides for your information. Uh, so last, uh, last episode, uh, we talked about you know, this painful situation of, of when we're trying to make it in recovery, we're trying to make changes in our addictions and mental illnesses, other afflictions, marriage and family problems. Uh, when we're working actively in our recovery, um, but family and friends, significant others, loved ones or not, may, maybe they're unhealthy, um, maybe they're having their own problems um, and are getting healthy sometimes stirs them up. Sometimes they accuse us of not, of not really being in recovery. Sometimes they mistrust the progress that we're making. Um, sometimes um, their uh, relationship with us gets kind of disrupted because of the changes that we're making. It's very, very strange, mysterious thing. Uh, also sometimes not surprising uh, because we're kind of upending the, uh, the natural uh, swing of things by uh, making this change in ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit and the help of other people. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to focus last episode on this, on this issue of, you know, what happens when family and friends are not in recovery. And just a quick review, um, when we get into recovery, we start making changes through our counseling, through mental health issues, <clears throat> uh, supports, uh, through prayer, engaging in our prayer life and spiritual growth. Um, our recovery helps us to see better what's going on with us. Um, it kind of clears away the fog in a sense to, to be convicted and see what's happening with us, to realize the horrors of, of what we've been doing and what we've been experiencing sometimes. <clears throat> it also helps us to see gradually better what's going on with family and friends. And so sometimes we notice for the first time, wow, you know, I didn't realize I'm in a, such a codependent relationship with my wife or my mother or my child. <coughs> and our recovery helps us to see this gradually better as we make progress. Uh, and then sometimes we're kind of up faced with a question, so wow, what do I do about this dysfunction that I see now uh, around me and end me? Um, our recovery um, helps us to see things better. Uh, we see that families and relationships can be life-giving when they're at their best, or as Pope Francis says, uh, families can be a messy thing also. Um, we love our families, we love our friends, we love our spouses, um, and, and love is wanting the good for the other, willing the good for the other person. So we want them to be healed, we want them uh, to find their way into recovery if they're not, um, we want them to forgive us. We want to have reconciliations through the course of recovery if that's possible. However, one of the frustrating things about relationships is we don't control other people. Um, they do what they will. They do what they want. Sometimes they want to continue along in their dysfunction. Sometimes uh, they don't want recovery. Sometimes they're not ready for that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit hasn't yet moved in their heart uh, for that. And so we're faced with some of the frustration of our getting healthy, um, but they're not. 
and, and so we realize we can't control them. What can we do? Well, we continue to focus on our own recovery. What can, can continue on getting healthy ourselves um, through this process of counseling, 12-step work, spiritual growth and development, so forth. Uh, we can focus on ourselves. Sometimes that's, that seems selfish, but it's an important thing because it, it gets us into a place where we might be of assistance to others. And that's what it's all about, that we might be able to be more free to love others because these barriers from our addictions, our mental illness, these other issues, these barriers are getting broken down through our recovery, through our progress. Um, it, it actually can help those around us by our getting well, by our getting healthy. And so we can focus on that because that we can have some control over. We can't necessarily control what's going on with others. So today, let's focus on this, this uh, topic of abstinence versus sobriety. What the heck does that mean? Um, we, we, we speak of recovery in this series really in broad terms. Now, recovery, uh, you know, kind of the idea of that originated in the medical field. You know, I have surgery, so I, recovery from, I recover from my surgery. Um, I uh, also think that recovery then became uh, extended to or involved with this field of um, addiction. A recovery, Alcoholics Anonymous and so forth, they talked about people being in recovery um, and, and that's kind of, uh, you know, addictions as a medical model, we think of addiction as a disease um, and so, you know, we think of being in recovery from that just like you might be in recovery from cancer or surgery or something like that. Um, but for our purposes in, the, in this video series and in my work as a Catholic psychologist, I think of recovery in very broad terms, and I emphasize this throughout this series, each episode, um, that we're looking at recovery from all of the human afflictions that we experience from our, our fallen nature. You know, we're created in God's image, we're created good, um, but we have fallen and our, and our human nature is somewhat disrupted. We have these barriers, these wounds. Um, and then we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and his salvation, uh, the, the salvation that he opened up for us on the cross. And so any Christian, any human being following Christ, striving uh, for sanctification and holiness, you could say each person is in recovery, each human being is in recovery in this broad sense, recovery from our human condition, um, seeking to be in a glorified state again as we were created, so we think of recovery in this broad sense, um, uh, not just mental illness, addictions, and these other uh, human problems, but the, the, whole, the whole enchilada, everything that's, that has to do with being human and trying to overcome sin. That's what we mean by recovery in broad terms. These terms, abstinence and sobriety, are terms that originally came from the 12-step community. Um, they also have spiritual aspects to it. And so, um, for example, in the, in the um, uh, period, the season of Lent each year prior to Easter, preparation for Easter season, um, in the season of Lent we abstain from meat on Fridays, for example, in our Catholic faith. And so ab abstinence has this, uh, this 
this uh, spiritual and psychological notion of we're breaking an attachment to something at least temporarily. So um, in Lent, I may abstain from bluebell ice cream, right? I love bluebell ice cream in Texas. Uh, so I say, okay, in Lent, I'm giving that up. I'm breaking my attachment to bluebell blue ice cream. And then when Easter comes around, praise the Lord, you know, I'm going to go for that dish of bluebell. Uh, so I've broken my attachment temporarily. Now, some people uh, abstain from something during Lent. Uh, let's say they, they decide to abstain from smoking cigarettes. And then when Easter comes around, they say, you know, hey, it was so good not to smoke. I think I've broken my addiction uh, to, to nicotine. I think I'm just going to continue on with that, you know. And so that abstinence then becomes a, a good thing. That abstinence continues longer term, and that can happen, and that's a wonderful, great thing. Um, abstinence also can mean atta breaking attachments to other things, um, attachments to uh, being caught up in anxiety, being caught up in depression, being caught up in alcohol addiction, all, the, all these other things. These can be attachments, attachments to unhealthy relationships, dysfunctional relationships, codependent relationships, for example. Uh, we, can, we can think in terms of abstaining from those things as well, breaking the attachments. Sobriety, though, is something a little bit different, and many people equate and think of sobriety and abstinence as the same thing. You know, they, they think, okay, well, I'm, I'm abstaining from smoking or bluebell ice cream, and so that means I've uh, entered into some, you know, type of sobriety uh, with those things. I'm sober from alcohol because I'm not using alcohol during Lent. And I, I would say that that's not quite correct as I view it, as I want to help you untangle the difference between these two terms today, abstinence and sobriety. I think of sobriety referring to a particular way of living life, not just the abstinence part, but a broader sense of how we live our life. Um, the term sober has a lot of references in Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Um, we find them in several of St. Paul's letters and in one of St. Peter's letters. Um, and I, you know, in preparation for this topic, I kind of went back and studied it a little bit. I looked at the concordance to understand this, this term sober in the original language that the, the Scriptures were written in, uh, St. Paul's letters. And, and, you know, weren't written in English, of course. And so, you know, how do we understand this term sober as it's used, especially in the New Testament? Um, so look at this in the letter of Timothy. Uh, it says, women should be dignified, not slanderers, but temperate. So the word sober here is kind of connected to being temperate or being moderate, uh, living, living like a, a good virtuous way. In that, in that particular letter. Here's a letter to Titus. It says, older men should be temperate. Again, the, the similar use of, usage of that word, um, be temperate, dignified, self-controlled. And so you start to begin to get a picture of um, being sober in terms of sp spiritual terms as a, a, a way of living that's a good way. Uh, the letter to the Thess Thessalonians, let us not uh, sleep as the rest do, but stay alert and sober. And so here, here we have this idea of this term being connected to being awake and alert. And, and what for? 
for being awake and alert uh, to be prepared for Christ and also be prepared for spiritual attacks from the evil one. Here we go in Thessalonians again, just a couple verses later. Since we are of the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of, plate of faith and love, the helmet that has hope for salvation. Beautiful language there. Let's keep going. Here's another reference in Timothy. Uh, Therefore, a bishop must be irreproachable, married only once, temperate, self-controlled. And so this word sober referring to how a bishop or a priest or clergy might live. Of course, all of us might live in this holy way also. Um, again, in a second letter of Timothy, um, be self-possessed in everything. This, this notion of, of sober as kind of being in control of yourself, um, being the master of yourself, which is what, of course, we attempt to do. Many times we fall down, we fail on that, but what we try to do. Uh, St. Paul is encouraging us to do that. Um, here we are in letter of Peter, uh, Goid up your learn the loins of your mind, live soberly, set your hopes completely on grace. Live soberly, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, sober sobriety as a way of living, says St. Peter. Um, the end of all things is at hand, be serious and sober for prayers, be ready, um, be alert. He says the end is coming end of this temporal world on earth uh, be sober live sober pray um, and then this this one uh, from again from St. Peter's letter which we're very familiar with we, we hear this uh, phrase talked about a lot be sober and vigilant the opponent uh, is prowling around like a roaring lion uh, waiting for someone to devour so it's like a military analogy you know, think of soldiers that are on watch, they're being awake, they're being alert for attack, uh, they're being sober. Um, and so this, this notion in the scriptures presents sobriety to us as being awake, watchful, alert for attack or temptation, because the person who's intoxicated or asleep cannot fight off an attack. And so in military history, we have examples of um, soldiers making attack on an army that's sleeping or making an attack on an army that's, that's uh, been partying and drunk because they're vulnerable at that point. And in the spiritual warfare that we experience in our normal life as humans, uh, we need to be alert and awake for those attacks as well. One aspect of sobriety is living in moderation with self-control, not allowing kind of the basic human passions, uh, the desire to eat, the desire to have sex, uh, the emotions that we experience, not allowing those things to get out of control is part of living sober. Um, avoiding sin, basic notion of sobriety. Um, and the reference in the scriptures kind of infers being sane, having a clear mind, thinking clearly, um, understanding what's going on with ourselves and this whole spiritual warfare and so forth. Um, so how, how, how can we uh, continue along thinking of this in psychological uh, recovery terms, uh, spiritual recovery terms. The person who is abstinent might be doing the minimum in recovery just to get by or appease someone. Um, so take, for example, many of the people that I work with that are struggling with pornography issues. Um, you know, the spouse catches the, uh, the, the other spouse 
one spouse catches the other looking at porn, there's a big blow up, uh, everybody's upset, um, the, the betrayed spouse is angry and hurt and, and, uh, uh, and, and the other spouse may be defensive and angry initially but then becomes remorseful and says, okay, I'll stop. Um, and so they stop looking at porn just kind of through their own willpower. They just swear off of it um, and they, uh, they take that approach of abstinence, not sobriety, um, just to get the, the spouse off of their back uh, to keep things calm again. Um, the person who is being abstinent in this kind of way um, isn't examining themselves in remorse um, isn't really seeking to uncover the roots of the defects and affliction for healing. Um, and, and I would say that uh, I, I kind of think of this in terms of mental illness and psychiatric medication can apply here. Now, don't misunderstand me. Psychiatric medication can be very helpful and necessary for many people, especially for the severe mental illnesses, schizophrenia, major depression, bipolar disorder, um, many of those people must be on medication, and that's an important part of their recovery. Um, but, but consider, but consider the, the person who is struggling with some depression or anxiety. They go to their primary care doctor. They say, Doc, I need some meds for depression or anxiety. Um, the doc puts them on the prescription, not the psychiatrist, but the general uh, doc, and then they go off. Uh, taking their meds. And I, I would say that those people are kind of practicing this, this notion of abstinence if that's the only thing that they do to work on their depression and their anxiety. They're just taking medication. Um, it's, a, it's a similar kind of a, an approach uh, than being sober, which is working on making changes, understanding the roots of what's going on, roots of depression. Uh, the roots of anxiety and seeking healing from those things, um, I kind of equate those situations in similar ways. Uh, the net result is that the person being abstinent continues living in the same manner with the exception of the main attachment. So um, the person who is just taking medication only for their depression or anxiety, they continue living in the same way, they make no other changes. Um, the person that's uh, recovering from an addiction, they're being abstinent, they're just not engaging in that behavior, whatever it is, gambling, um, looking at porn, drinking, they're not doing any other recovery. So they're living in the same manner with the exception of that main attachment. Um, in my experience, in my 35 years of mental health work, um, people that are um, taking the approach of abstinence, not sobriety, not really entering into recovery in a, in a deep uh, way, um, their abstinence is likely to only work temporarily. Now that's not the case in every, in every situation. Sometimes a person can, make, uh, can be abstinent uh, successfully through their own willpower. Uh, they just decide to stop drinking, that's the end of it. Um, that works for them, and thanks be to God, you know, if that, if that, if that, if that uh, is effective. You know, they take the medication for depression, anxiety, that works for them. If, that's, if that happens, great. But in many cases, um, I see that the abstinence-only approach is likely to be only temporarily successful. There's no fundamental change 
and that person uh, for their healing. Um, this, this successful abstinence can actually be a little bit dangerous, dangerous for us spiritually and psychologically. It reinforces our ego and our pride that we can control this attachment, that we can management, um, that I have willpower over it um, by just, uh, by just uh, abstaining. Um, and that often leads me back to the place where I say, oh, well, I can go, go back to living the way I was before, maybe not abstaining anymore because I know that I can abstain. And so that can really wreck our recovery in that way. Um, the abstinent person and significant others may wonder why, despite the abstinence, things are not better. So they think, well, you know, uh, Fred is not drinking anymore, but he's still getting into fights. He, he's still so arrogant. Um, he, he's still so angry. So I thought, you know, I was really thinking and hoping that if he would stop drinking, all those things would clear up, but they're not really better. And, and that's because the abstinent person really hasn't entered into any kind of deep self-examination, remorse, uh, working on character defects, getting healing with the help of God. That's why uh, often we see things are not better despite the simple abstinence. Abstinence is not simple, uh, but despite just being abstinent. Um, so those are some thoughts for you today on the differences between um, abstinence, sobriety. I hope you kind of get the picture that um, sobriety is kind of about uh, really engaging in recovery in a deeper, more effective way. Uh, often we see it happen through 12-step work, through counseling work, uh, through, through other uh, pro self programs, self-recovery programs, through spiritual direction, uh, and so forth. Uh, we see people entering into a sober way of living, not just abstaining, but something deeper, something more. Hope you'll go back and think about this a little bit today, how it might apply in your life. So I hope you've enjoyed this topic. Um, we always put this a QR code on our uh, YouTube videos that you can shoot it with your cell phone if you want to do a camera. Um, it takes you to the resources page at Grazia Plena. Uh, the resources page has some resources for COVID. It's got some resources for our groups and especially got a lot of, uh, has a lot of resources for working on developing uh, the virtue of chastity and avoiding um, sexual issues, pornography affairs, and so forth. A uh, really good list of uh, resources for, for that particular topic on uh, sexual sobriety, chastity. Um, let's finish with our closing prayer, which is to St. Michael the Archangel, as we do each time. And you can follow along with us and say this together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our next meeting, the next episode, which I hope to get out uh, later this week, as I mentioned, uh, Thursday evening, uh, Friday morning, at the very latest, Saturday. Next topic will be a, a variety of different approaches or avenues to recovery. Uh, there really isn't just one approach, even though many 
enthusiasts will say this is how you have to do it. I, I really think that in, in uh, uh, the history of treatment we've found that there's a number of different approaches uh, to recovery, so we'll look at that uh, in the next episode. Um, feel free to share these videos, podcasts with your friends and family, your parishes, um, others. If you want to subscribe, then you'll know when they hit, when they come out exactly. Um, we're happy to have you spread the word on these. I don't know how long we'll continue these uh, as, as the co this was all provoked. These uh, podcasts and videos were provoked by the COVID situation kind of closing down some of the programs that we're offering in the office. So we're able to restart some of these programs in the office we, we might cut back on these podcasts and videos but we'll see uh, who knows how it might shape up um, this content is given shared with you in the public for free uh, so that many people can access it and make use to it Grazia Plena is a 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity um, we we survive on the donations and the kindness of others, individual donors, parish donors, uh, private foundations, grants, and so forth. Um, if you feel moved to chip in a little something, five or ten dollars, uh, to help keep our programs going, we're so happy about that. Um, the link here is again, there's a QR code in the video. You can go to the graziaplanacounseling.org webpage. And at the very top, there's a, a, a donate button that will take you to the e-giving page where you can share uh, with us through your credit card donation. Um, we're happy to receive any amount from you to continue these programs. Uh, thank you for being with us today. God bless you. Keep you safe and healthy uh, always. Bye now.